Hey, man. Hey, dude. I've spent the entire day today talking to Cavs Twitter about trades for crappy overpaid players. Like, I, if I ever hear the words... So, like, crappy, the Cavs strategy last year at the trade deadline. Yeah, I don't need... And acquiring Jordan Clarkson. I don't, I don't need cap advice from the people who are going to be paying Tristan Thompson in 2045. <laughs> I think that's our cold open. There you go. So it's been a week. I feel like it's been longer than a week since the last show. I I also feel like we have really only gotten a chance to be negative on these shows. Like the Lakers have not the Lakers have played badly to coincide with the opening of this podcast and the <laughs> debut of this podcast. And so we finally get to talk about like some good stuff this week, I think. Weird. Which is exciting. It's like you would think that I might between, break into hives. You would think that between the Lakers signing LeBron that we would have gotten like a lot more positivity since debuting a new Lakers podcast. Mm -hmm. But we've just been on the days right after they've had scandals or they've had some type of like issue or whatever. And we've had to come in and be the bad guys. And, you know, we don't have to be the bad guys this week. So I'm excited about that. Although I'll find a way. I'm sure. I yeah, will. I mean, you're going to find a way to it. You could find it. to It's like, Anthony, the Lakers are challenging for the all time best record. And it's like, yeah, but is that disrespectful to the <laughs> hit, to the history that came before this? Does this minimize what the franchise has done already? Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> does this point does this make Kobe look worse? For it example? doesn't count because they have KD. Yeah. <laughs> That's the Stugatz take. Um, yeah. All right. So we're going to start today's show. As Harrison said, there's some good, fun stuff to talk about. Um, it starts with Magic Johnson saying that the Lakers have made progress, and uh, I, I, in, I reacted to that in a certain way. Yeah, um, I mean, you didn't react. Again, shocking. This goes back to what I was just saying. You reacted to this somewhat negatively, and I, like, I get what you're saying, and you're going to get to say your piece. But I do think that. So, for those of you that aren't aware, Magic Johnson went on like in the middle of the Lakers game against the Heat yesterday. Uh, he was talking to Mike Trudell about like various things around the Lakers, and then to kind of end things up, M- Mike, I-, I appreciated the subtlety with which he was like, "Do you feel like things have improved over the last few weeks?" Because <laughs> you know he's on. You know he is. Uh, he he can't exactly say. Do you think things have improved since you reportedly screamed at Luke Walton in your office so loud that other employees heard it? So he was just like, do you think things have improved over the last few weeks? And then Magic Johnson was like, yeah, you know, I think I, 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 me have always preached patience. And many people were were saying that this Lakers team was struggling and were being impatient. And I was always saying, you know, just give it some time. And it's going to come together. And I, I appreciate it. I also appreciated the way that Magic, like, 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 as in, as if there were more people than him that were surprised that the Lakers were struggling <laughs> and, you know, were being negative about it and that that wasn't him and that he was always saying preach patience. And, like, sh- if you want to go by the book of what he said on the record, yeah, he's preached patience on the record every single time that he's every gotten the opportunity. Time. Even but heading into the season. He, what is more meaningful is what you're doing behind closed doors is more indicative of how you actually feel. Yeah. And the fact that there were like 200 media outlets reporting that, you know, he was upset for various reasons early on is a little bit more meaningful to me. And yeah. so I, I think, but still, I think 
So the fact that he feels like the team has made progress is notable to me because that's the person like you and me can both feel like the team has made progress and you and Mm -hmm. me can both feel like the team needed to, you know, was always going to struggle out of the gate. But all that really matters is what Magic thought and what Jeannie thought and what Rob Palenka thought and like the and I guess by some extension what LeBron thinks and. So the fact that Magic Johnson is out here now saying I'm pretty satisfied with the progress and things are good, I, I, that does mean something. And I think that it does show that they kind of made it through that rough patch maybe. And maybe he's seen some of the things that he was looking to see from Luke and from the Lakers since then. It, but those things that he was looking for or that the people who were concerned for whatever reason about the Lakers – we're looking for it like those things were always going to happen especially after the tyson chandler edition well that and then just like of course it was always going to take luke had said publicly all training camp and all throughout the opening of the season that they were not working on offense so surprise surprise they didn't have a whole lot of offensive sets (laughs) that they were going to work on like this was not a shocker and so if magic wanted the team to have more offensive sets and you know start to get into a little bit more structured actions i I think they've done some of that i don't Mm -hmm. think that it's looked very good it's looked about what you'd expect for a team learning on the fly but they are starting to use lonzo ball aka the Roomba in more creative ways <laughs> and you know I think that they found some ways to get guys going and like you know the staggering staggering Brandon Ingram so that he plays a little bit more with the bench has been a good thing I think so that because that fit with LeBron wasn't perfect and so like we're starting to see evidence of the progress that they were looking for but it, I just keep going back to that progress was always going to happen I don't I don't totally disagree but I think that it it matters still that Magic Johnson has seen it. Yeah, like that's no. still notable to me, and that's still. Could good. you imagine if he went on that? If he went on TV there, he was just like, "Yeah, they're all right." Yeah, he was just like, you know, there are going to be some changes. I haven't been <laughs> thrilled. Mark Jackson's in the background, like, "Yes, Magic, yes, you help, Mama." There goes that Magic. <laughs> magic, there goes that Walton. Could you imagine? No, Hand I down, coach down. <laughs> From Magic to Jackson. No, I, I think, I think, look, what you're saying is 100% right, that it matters that Magic saw that stuff. And actually, what matters more than anything is that we're, that, that progress actually happened, right? Like, he's yeah, pointing out like things that are objectively true. Yeah, if, we can project it all we want, but it actually has to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if he went, if they were still kind of mired in the muck that they were in to kind of start the season, even after the Tyson Chandler edition and then all those things, and Magic was out there saying, "No, I'm actually seeing progress," I'd be like, "Oh." It was like the Dwight Nash Lakers where everybody just kept saying, "Yeah, they're gonna figure it out." No, yeah. seriously, like twenty games. In, no, no, really, they're gonna. They're going to figure it out at some point, right? <laughs> like, they're going to get it together. And then it was like, yeah, they figured yeah, it, they out. Figure it out. Oh, they're winning the case. They needed Kobe to play 49 minutes a game and you know, <laughs> sacrifice his Achilles to the basketball gods. Uh, but uh, So I want to talk about the progress itself, though, because I, I think that's also important to talk about. Like, Magic, I completely agree, and there's not much else to say other than, like, and that was my, like, two cents to it was, yes, Magic. The progress was always going to happen. That's why it was so stupid when you went out there and berated, well, not went out there, or brought Luke Walton in there and berated him in your office so loudly that people could hear. Like, that's why why people reacted poorly to that bit of reporting. It's because 
everybody else was being <laughs> relatively understanding of the situation that Luke Walton was, was coaching under. And then now when you kind of go out there and you say, oh, yeah, the, 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 the progress, it looks great. Everything's great. That's where I kind of step back and I say, but you were the one, you know what, never mind. Uh, but the actual progress itself is important. And I think there are things that we're starting to learn about this team in terms of things that work, things that don't work, whatever, uh, that are, are that they can kind of build on moving forward. And we'll talk. We're going to talk about LeBron scoring fifty and and having to go out and do everything. I was going to say that worked pretty well. That that <laughs> it yeah. turns out LeBron, LeBron making three pointers is is, is a good thing. LeBron scoring 41, 40 plus points. Good for the Lakers. They figured that one out. That <laughs> was a Collins. nice. That was a nice adjustment by Luke. <laughs> uh, but but I think though the what was what were one of the small things that that don't have anything because we're going to talk about LeBron here in a second. But what what are some of the small things that you have noticed that you've kind of said, oh, well that seems like a nice development. Like for example. Lonzo setting screens. You called him a Roomba earlier. That's my analogy. Well, you, yeah, I was, I was, yeah. you know, I was giving you, I was shouting you out. Yeah, I appreciate that. Best description of how he works in the half court offense right now, or at least the best analogy of how he works in the Lakers half court <laughs> offense right now. It's you so know, fun to watch. Chandler's like whatever the bigger version of a Roomba is then, because he's just always looking for somebody to screen, just so, like moving around the court, just smack like it's like a broken Roomba with something strapped to the top of it that's just smashing around your house breaking things so there, there's it's funny i just finished i i literally just got out of the movie we went and saw the new fantastic beast movie and there's a basically like a a magical roomba that like goes down the hallway of one of these things and i i like nudged jen i was like jen that's that's like wizard roomba and i was like oh lonzo ball and this is how my like ADD brain goes. I'm just going like three steps down the line. Jen like literally had to pull my brain back in and said, "No, we're actually watching a movie right now." So that's, but it was fun. You you have no idea what I'm talking about because you hate fun things. No, it's not that I hate fun things. I just like I don't know. I've always liked the Harry Potter books better than the movie. Well, that's that's objectively true. Though these are these are these are these are movies that are written to be movies. Whereas like the the other the previous movies were like trying to ad, uh, adapt what should have been an entire series into two hour long movies or hour and a half long movies. These are movies that were written to be movies. We should talk about the Lakers. And it's also probably not just all awful child actors. That helps too. Yeah. That helps. The, the the magic in these movies is way cooler too. Yeah. Like the CGI has gotten better. But anyway, that's the other adjustment that the Lakers have made. <laughs> better CGI. Much better magic skills and CGI. <laughs> like they've CGI the defense together. And no, I, I think so. What's another thing? I, I, ta I talked about Ingram starting to play a little bit less with LeBron. I mm -hmm. think that that's like a good adjustment that they're starting to figure out. I, I think the next step, and I'm not the first person to point this out, but is that at some point they're going to have to break up the starting lineup. I just don't really, I, I don't think it's worked very well. I think they've, it's coincided with a rough stretch in their schedule and, or an easier stretch in their schedule. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And uh, like it's rough opponents, but yeah. I just I don't really think that it's working all that well. I think they've won somewhat in spite of it. And, you know, I think they're talented enough. Like LeBron is talented enough to play with non-optimal lineups just because he's a wrecking ball. But yep. the Lakers 
shouldn't be asking him to be a wrecking ball every single night. That was actually something that Kyle Kuzma kind of got at after the game against the Heat yesterday was he was talking about that, you know, like, yeah, LeBron could go out and average 40 if he wanted to, but we really shouldn't be asking him to. And I think that's right. And I think that the Lakers, through these little kind of adjustments, are slowly figuring out ways that LeBron isn't going to have to score 50 plus the entire year to give them a chance at a win. Because that's the, the, if you're looking for reasons for concern, LeBron dropped 51 and that wasn't that convincing of a win. The heat kind of came back at the end there. I think that has a lot to do though, with not having Rajon Rondo. Like the heat came back in that game because the Lakers keep trying these, these non LeBron or non point guard lineups that are just disasters. They can't do that. Like we talked earlier about how Luke Walton has done a good job of staggering LeBron and Brandon Ingram's minutes. And to a certain extent, part one, one of the things that I think to come out of that are these, these non point guard, non LeBron lineups, because otherwise like, when are you going to get Ingram out there or whatever? Uh, but I, I think either LeBron or Lonzo Ball, while Rajon Rondo is hurt, need to be on the court as much as possible because these non-point guard, non-LeBron lineups are getting murdered. They're getting murked out there. And and I think uh, the other thing, too, is the thing with point guards, and this is what I wrote for, for Silver Screen, the thing with point guards is not only do they kind of recognize, they look at the game a little bit differently. They're, the, the cliche is that they're extensions of, extensions of the coach, but they also communicate that a lot better than than other position players out there. And and like when you watch Lance Stevenson kind of go into Lance Stevenson mode with Rajon Rondo on the court or with Lonzo Ball on the court, those guys are kind of in his ear. Like no, 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 we have to get back to moving the ball. We have to we have to do focus on these other things. And then we Anthony, see... I, I can almost guarantee you that Lonzo Ball has not told Lance Stevenson to move the ball a single time this year. Actually, there was there was a there was a moment of kind of it was uh, tension. I have not seen it. It was it was tenuous. Like like Lonzo kind of sort of you know he Lance kind of waved him away or whatever, and I I think Lance wound up coming off the court soonly shortly thereafter, and and that's just. Like, it's not that Lonzo has to be this vocal guy or that whoever it would be has to be this vocal guy. They just have to make it obvious enough for the coaching staff to recognize, no, Lance is doing dumb Lance, thing, Lance things. He should probably get off the court now. And, and like, when you watch that with Brandon Ingram, you don't really see that communication. Either that, non. There's not that game manager mentality yeah. that they've built throughout their entire lives when they aren't like a natural point. I I guess that is one thing. Another small adjustment that I think that Luke should get credit for is, you know, uh, Pete talked about, I almost called him Laker film room. (laughs) Pete talked about, uh, you know, he talked about a few times this year. Uh, Yeah. Coach. Um, (laughs) Coach We we talked, him and I talked a few times this year, and I know that he said this on other platforms too, about how Josh Hart is much better at big man defensive responsibilities Mm -hmm. than he is at small ones. And, you know, the the whole, like, Josh Hart is a small ball four thing, Luke deserves credit for that. Because that was the type of thing that could have been just crazy or crazy <laughs> like a fox. And it's ended up being the latter. Like, it's just crazy enough to work. Yeah. And I, I don't know. And, the, and then we saw, you know, the other night against the Magic that Hart got lit up because he was coming in to stagger for Brandon Ingram so that Brandon Ingram could come back as the bench point guard. And he was having to guard shooting guards again and was getting blown by. So mm-hmm. I think like 
figuring out that when they're at their tip top and they can get Josh Hart to play those minutes at the four is also a solid adjustment that they've made. They're starting to figure out where all of their players best fit together within this ecosystem. And there are some things that they still need to work out, but we're what we're like 10, 12 games in now. What? And (laughs) we're a little, we're a little beyond 12 games. I think we're at like 18, 18. Oh man. Oh, (laughs) I'm not good at math, and I didn't look at the re- I didn't look at the record. That's usually what I do. I look at the record, and then I add it up. Yeah. And okay, it feels. I guess it feels like less than wow. 20 games. Yeah, feels like more than 20. It's like games. A, it's like a good relationship. It's it's been. Although I would say it's the opposite, but yeah. No, I, I think I think you're 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 completely right, and you're describing what happens in all young NBA seasons. Like that's what the point of the like the first. 20-ish games are is to to figure out feeling out period yeah the the figure figure out which combinations which roles make the most sense all those things and and here we are i think i think the other thing too that's going to really help the point that you're making about josh hart is contavious caldwell pope kind of figuring out his own game as well because that allows that that means josh hart has to play fewer minutes at the shooting guard and kcp can play more minutes there and Josh Hart and KCP's can... figured it out because of that. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, and so, like ipso facto, the Lakers are kind of figuring some of this stuff out. And and it's been kind of fun. this is the thing though that that gets kind of lost in the shuffle with seasons with expectations is every game. Like you said this in in our group text with some other people in in Lakers media is is that like. You've never seen a team kind of swing back and forth between title contention and non-title contention than than you have with this with this Lakers team. Uh, what what gets lost in the shuffle with as that kind of thing goes on is the process, like enjoying the process, watching the growth and and watching that kind of take place. That's been a lot of fun to watch these these small nuggets kind of grow into foundational aspects of the rotation of the identity of whatever. That's been a lot of fun to to watch with this team. Uh, you know what else has been a lot of fun to watch? What? LeBron go out there and dominate. <laughs> LeBron's yeah. Been, LeBron. Has, over the week since we last recorded, he has put up his two first, like, true LeBron games. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that his stats early in the season were empty calories or anything. But yeah. it just, like, it didn't feel like I, I – watching it, I wasn't – you know, because we mostly watch LeBron during the playoffs. If you're like me, that, yeah. that's mostly when I've watched him over his career by far is during playoff games. Because otherwise, like, you know, I haven't had time to watch or big national games or whatever. Yeah, or big national games or whatever. But the vast majority of it is during the playoffs when he's really at another level and turned it on. And I was like, wait, where's that LeBron? Like, I knew he was going to pace himself a little bit to start the year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it just hadn't felt like it was LeBron LeBron yet. And over the last yeah, that game against the Blazers and then that game against the Heat, it just felt like he was finally turning it on and just saying like, hey, I am still the best player in the world when I want to be. Yeah. And, and apparently has stolen Steph Curry's setback like three-pointer now. So can I, can I uh, so you mentioned what Kyle Kuzma said about LeBron and how the Lakers can't let him. I think Kuzma is right for one thing, right? Obviously the Lakers relying on LeBron scoring 50 would would not be great. And that's not what he really signed up for. But have you watched him dominate these games and think to yourself, "Wow, this looks hard"? No, that's that's that was my big takeaway here. Was I, I think Kuzma is right, but it doesn't look like there are some especially, games, especially 
especially when he's out there with Tyson Chandler and he's just obliterate. He's just a better screen setter than JaVale McGee. This yeah. is like all due respect to McGee, mm-hmm. but he's just obliterating guys on screens. And all of a sudden LeBron has like a step or two to get ahead of steam. Yeah. And then it's just hopeless for you as the defense at that point. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think I agree with Kuzma, but I would also, cause I've, I've seen this as kind of a narrative building. Paul Pierce kind of voiced it the other night where he said he's worried about how the 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 burden that the Lakers are placing on on LeBron and I thought to myself one he's playing fewer minutes than at any point in his career uh so far this season and also like I've never watched LeBron and thought to myself wow that looks really hard he looks he looks really taxed out there yeah he looked at man it looks like he's really having to try to try really hard to dominate the uh, Portland Trailblazers and whoever <laughs> they're having guard him Jake Lehman or whatever it is yeah Nick Stauskas challenging him at the rim is somehow this daunting task that he has to overcome it's like, yeah, it's, oh man some of the, it's it's hard to be king sometimes it's Herculean almost uh so that was uh, but I, I do think though I think LeBron deserves a lot of credit. And and this is one thing that I, I, I really enjoy. Like this to me separates great from really good athletes is the understanding of the moment. And like LeBron goes back to Miami. I think he had lost every game back in Miami since he had left, right? Since he went back to Cleveland. Uh, he now is one in seven over the course of his career um, since, since leaving and you know, I was watching this all kind of take place, and I'm and and LeBron is is and Kobe had this as well, and and all of the the great athletes. Tiger has this to an extent in golf, and and all these things, and and you you kind of knew right from the get go of last night, like oh, this could be a special night, and I and I feel like well, yeah, he had 18 in the first quarter, Anthony. What <laughs> yeah. gave it away? Well, no, I mean, like even like as that was happening, and then. And then, you know, when he shoots that last three-pointer from, you know, South Beach, like actual South Beach, to, to make that shot at and, and to, to net 51, as he released it, I thought, <laughs> that's going in. And I, how many other players in, in the NBA right now do you, do you kind of look at that and say it's like Steph? sometimes KD and you, and you say like, yeah, I just say that my in. favorite, my favorite part about that was that apparently he shot it because Lance Stevenson Lance. bet him that he wouldn't, <laughs> which is just like amazing. Well, when Lance you... was over there on the bench, like, yelling, you won't shoot it. Like, <laughs> and uh, by the way, I, you, you were talking about LeBron's usage. So I went and looked this up really quickly while you were talking uh-huh. and LeBron, this is the seventh lowest usage rate of his career. So that's like bottom half. He's this is the 16th year. That's yeah. bottom half of his career. Yeah. And so maybe they can knock that down a little bit. He, I'm looking like only one of the years that it was it, only one of the years was his most recent stint in Cleveland. Otherwise he hasn't had a usage rate this low since he was in Miami playing with like prime Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh <laughs> so I don't I'm not too concerned about the burden and, and I think no, that's neither. that's that's worth noting I think that's important that he's going out there and he's dominating and it looks easy which is insane to say about somebody in his 16th year by the way yeah <laughs> yeah unbelievable no, he's just uh, <laughs> at the risk of jinxing this he is un, he is like unstoppable just he he just I, I LeBron is going to retire, not because he fell off, but just because he's bored with the NBA or is tired of <laughs> putting in like the work that it takes to get out on the court. Because as long as he keeps putting the work in to be able to get himself healthy and be able to play at the level that he wants, like I, I'm con- if LeBron like at 45 was like, I'm just going to play 10 games with this Lakers with like, you know, some NBA team right here, then I would be convinced that he could go out there and do it. It's yeah. like MJ where you would hear these stories when he was like 45 or 50 of 
of like playing against one on one against the Charlotte Bobcats in practice and dominating them. Yeah. Like all these guys can still get it going for one game. They just can't get it going for an 82 game season. Yep. Uh, you know who else has, you know, who hasn't gotten it yet on this specific 82 game season? The Washington Wizards? Those guys. Yeah. Amazing. Who the could Washington- who could have predicted that adding Dwight Howard to the most miserable roster in the entire NBA was not going to work out? How joyless do you think it is to be a Wizards fan? We should have, we should have planned this better and gotten Mike Prada, our kind of boss, on, on the show. Just like, hey, Mike, we need you for five minutes to talk about if you have any positive memories of being a Wizards fan. Wouldn't it just be him making a cocktail? Like, wouldn't it be? Yeah, it's just minutes? the sound of him stirring, like, and you just hear ice cubes <laughs> clinking into a drink. And yeah, like a couple sobs. The Wizards were already like the most miserable, dramatic team in the East last year. Like this team, like they're, they're, they're first team all insecurity where yeah. they're just constantly sniping at each other through the media. This has been going on all this year, but then it's been going on the last couple of years to a degree. And then they're, they're just, they're just over dramatic. They're just extra. Like they're, they're showing yeah. up to games in all black, like it's a funeral and then losing. <laughs> and like, like, Remember, so <laughs> remember when John Wall said that they were going to show Lonzo Ball a lesson or something? Yeah, and like then that? like and the got shut down, and Lonzo <laughs> had like, like I forget what Lonzo did that game. One of his better whole, games of his career. Yeah, we spent the whole first half of that show just laughing at John Wall. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, like so I, I'm saying, like that I never have gotten good vibes from that team. Where I'm like, you know never. what? That's just a well-run, competent organization with a locker room full of guys that like each other. Like how, how like I'm not gonna. I'm almost a brain dead. But like, how unself-aware do you have to be to just like admit in a media interview, like, yeah, me and Bradley Beal don't really get along, but we can play well on the court. Like, well, that's what I was gonna say. Let's let's play a quick game here. All right. <clears throat> because NBA Twitter has told me all day that the Lakers should be interested in these guys. But let me let me paint a picture for you, all right? All right, let's do it. There's a point guard out there who you're looking to pair up with LeBron James. He is he was reportedly upset that his shooting guard was making more money than him last year. That was that was the foundation of their griping back and forth. They certainly took care of that. <laughs> it's no longer an issue. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that here in a bit. So you're you're thinking about pairing him with LeBron James. He needs the ball to be successful. He actually does. He can't shoot. He's never been interested in learning to shoot. When a teammate said that they need more touches and they are and a in a low usage player said that they need more touches to be able to be not to be able to knock down shots and open up the lane for said point guard, he said stop worrying about this stuff and focus on defense. <laughs> when when he when he was asked about uh John Wall some fans are a little concerned about your partying uh and 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 the effect that that might be having on your career he said that he was not going to stay home and just be boring all the time uh, <laughs> so is that real that's real it's real oh my god that's amazing i didn't i that one i missed i missed that somehow and by the way this very point guard is going to be st- is going to start making you know almost 50 million dollars a year next year I respect the realness from John Wall of just like the all out honesty. You know, I always I appreciate guys that don't just give you cliches. So kudos to you, John Wall. Like, <laughs> So, all right. So that's you the t- you can take my reservations to the to nightclubs over my dead body. Like, 
Although that would explain how that Team USA picture happened. Yeah. I mean, the dude, like, was sweating Hennessy. Uh, so is that a player you'd be interested in trading for? No. I mean, it's one thing. So I'm not interested. That was the most effusive no that you could produce. No. Yeah. If If John Wall was making... Half so half would be what like twenty million dollars basically next year. Twenty. I would not be interested in John Wall at half his current rate. Yeah. Well, all right. It's cool that you that you mentioned that uh, a shooting guard at about half the he rate. A, that he'll be he gets a fifteen percent trade kicker too if he gets That's moved. Insane. Like I was reading. So you didn't you didn't see this? I don't think when you were right. So I did this when I was editing you. So this is the first time I'm telling you. Actually, I put some words in your mouth when I was adding to your article. Great. But Zach Lowe actually reported in his thing on the Wizards. I looked this up. He reported that not only it's it's believed to be the first fifteen percent trade kicker on a supermax in history, and it's like so unprecedented in terms of like the amount of salary that Washington would have to pay out and like the, the way that it would affect the cap numbers that the league's cap gurus would actually have to start looking into how it would affect teams cap sheets and stuff and how it would affect trade calls if wall were to be dealt like they don't they legitimately don't know it's seven million dollars his trade kicker would be seven million dollars and the wizards would pay that but it would affect his cap number yeah but that's insane yeah, yeah that is you know i'm just saying like I don't know. I would not want. I don't even Julius know. Julius Randle was making nine million dollars this year. This is a really hot take, but I, or maybe it's not. I don't know. I be. wouldn't want to trade John Wall for Lonzo Ball straight up. No. Well, that's all right. So I thought <laughs> here's an actual hot tweet that I that I sent out today. Y'all want a hot take? Lonzo fits exponentially better alongside LeBron than Wall does. Exponentially. Like cap numbers aside, yeah, I would not want John in Wall a to play with LeBron James. <laughs> Yeah. More than I would want Lonzo Ball to play with LeBron James. I, I thought I, I thought that was a I thought that was a, a hot take when I fired it off. And I immediately got ratioed. With, with, with yeses? With yeses. <laughs> That's amazing. No, John Wall, I think I think you and I can safely declare that like there is no reason that the Lakers should trade for John Wall. None whatsoever. Unle- all right. Well, here's the thing. I, I think I think if if the Wizards were to try to trade John Wall because of the contract he's about to go into and because he he also has an injury history I sh- I probably should have mentioned that when I was painting a picture earlier he has an injury history and he is heavily reliant on his athleticism which is probably going to start waning here while he's in the middle of this crazy contract that he's that he's about to start getting paid for well and especially if he keeps up the I'm going to party after games and you can't stop me regimen <laughs> yeah I would imagine so so. Like, if, if if you're a team, if you're an NBA team out there, and the Wizards call you and say, hey, we need a first-rounder for John Wall, I would almost say, no, 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 I need a first-rounder from you to take oh, on absolutely. John Wall. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I think the—like, I I think the the like, even the Phoenix Suns, who, like, a lot of people have implied are probably thirsty for some John Wall because they just want a relevant player that their fans have heard of. Mm-hmm. But, like— even even them, they should be asking for something to take on that deal. Yeah, like John Wall's a good. I don't. I don't want to sit here and just completely crap on John Wall. Like he has his value. I think it's just on this contract. I wouldn't want anything to do with him. He's clearly a talented. He has his talents. He's not valueless. But on this contract, he kind of is. Yeah, I I actually would lean towards him being kind of valueless. I don't like him as a player. 
I don't I, like the way I don't so like the, the way thing, he approaches. You, you actually you actually got into this in your article a little bit. And the, so the one thing I will say that I think is a valid point that some people have made is we don't know what he'd look like outside of Washington, which by all accounts has not been a well-run organization. And you know maybe if you get him into a stronger, more centered kind of organization, then that's the type of place where he can start to figure things out. But to be honest, that doesn't necessarily sound like the Lakers to me. I think they still are doing a lot of figuring, figuring out, stuff out. Of, I, yeah that kind of thing. The first half of our show was talking about how they're still figuring things out. Yeah. And now you want to throw a wrench into that? Like I just and and you know, look, I, I John Wall to me is is I would not touch him with a ten foot pole. I, I would just I would stay away from him completely. I'm not here's the thing. I'm I'm very hard on point guards having been a point guard myself. There are certain specific and, and a coach of point guards myself. Like these are things that that I really find important in an approach to a game at that position. And he lacks all of them. If you're a point guard, if you're a point guard and your response to somebody saying, no, I would like to try to help the team in this way is to say, no, shut up, <laughs> go stand over there and focus on defense. Like that was Otto Porter, who was a really good shooter, who was really good at what he does. Saying, nah, I, I probably should, I, I probably could use a few more shots here. Yeah, and it's one thing if it's one thing if long if it's like Lance Stevenson is yeah. telling you, like, hey, Dwight I think Howard that to get wants the offense, more post touches. To, to get the offense going, we really should let me dribble a couple more times a game. Yeah. Then, like, you probably say, you know, that's that's nice, Lance. We're gonna go a different way right now, <laughs> but <laughs> we're gonna do something else. When it's like our the third best player, uh, when it's at, at the very least the third best player on your team telling you, like, that's something you kind of have to listen to. Yeah. And and especially if he's telling it that if he's telling you that in the context of like no it would help you do you do the things that you do too, yeah you know like it, it's I don't know I, all right I just, so moving on from John Wall, well Otto Porter or Bradley Beal would you trade for either of them? No and 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 it's not this is more where I I would echo the sentiment that you were having about John Wall that those guys do have value and like there are there are fits for those guys across the NBA because they are good NBA players. Uh Otto Porter I think is the kind of player that would slide in and immediately work on every team except for the one that John Wall plays for. Uh I I think like if if the Lakers didn't have their sights set higher, I would be perfectly fine with that, but they do. They seem to think that they have a legitimate shot at Kevin Durant. And as soon as you trade for an auto porter, as soon as you trade for a Bradley Beal, as it doesn't matter how great they might fit alongside LeBron James, you can now no longer you don't have an uh, an opportunity to potentially even pitch Kevin Durant in a meeting. They don't have they would no longer have the cap space to sign him, and and that's quite the opportunity cost. And and if if it comes down to it, because I, I don't think like today marks. Washington just kind of sending out feelers to the rest of the league to see what they might be able to, to yeah, get. Yeah, I like those the, guys. Uh, the report was couched in. They're like, they haven't decided to move on from Wall and Beal. They're just seeing what teams would give them for them. Right. Like, no, no, no. That's you trying to maintain negotiating leverage. You're right. like, that's that's because the owner is calling you and he's saying, fire sale now. <laughs> get what you can get for them. <laughs> oh, I'm blanking like, on the like owner's name. It was like if the lady that we had gotten this free couch from this weekend had been like, no, it was like it was out. It's out on our lawn, but we aren't really sure if we're going to part with it yet. Like, no, <laughs> that, you're giving away that couch. Wait, I, you, the pictures of it are on, like it's on your lawn. You're giving away that couch. How long was that lawn on that couch or that, that couch? Good on that question. Lawn? This was uh, this was actually a point of contention in my relationship. This was not exactly my prefer <laughs> preferred couch, but 
it's in our living room now. And Harrison, I'm, you have a full time job. It, it's it's in our living room now, and you know, like I I've just I've decided to accept it. We have we have made. I'm actually going to rename this couch John Wall because it came into our house. Our cat is terrified of it. Like he won't come out of the back room. So like it has an equally polarizing effect on teammates, whereas like my girlfriend loves it. And so like, you know, like it's it's very polarizing in this household. And so, yeah, I'm actually going to call this couch John Wall. Now. So so you're a a I've known this about you for about as long as I've known you. You are a germaphobe. Oh, yeah. Have you touched the couch yet? Yeah, I sat on it last night. Actually, like I watched, I watched the game from that couch. So um, I, this is a sad admission, but I used Clorox wipes on the couch and <laughs> just like wiped it down. So is it a leather couch? That would not make John Wall's contract better if the Lakers were to do that. And you so again, it's still not worth it for them. But this, this That's is amazing. Not a path that I expected this. This is this conversation to go down. <laughs> I'm just picturing. I'm picturing. You, I'm picturing you. You know how like at, at at public restrooms they have those seat covers for toilets. I just picture you sitting on one of those on your own couch yes, I, in your. I just put them all over the couch. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Like my reaction was like one. I was like, okay, like you know, Mia wants it. I'm just gonna deal with it. And then there was like, and then. You know, my cat came out of the back room. We let him in out of the back room. He takes one look at this thing, and it was like you when you saw the John Wall contract in Slack. It was, <laughs> I'm out. Oh my god, no, forty million dollars! <laughs> and he just like he bolted, and he would not come out of our closet for four hours. Wow. Well, you you know why that is? Like there are all kinds of scents on those things. Like so many animals have marked their territory on your couch. No, 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 that's not true. The couch smells fine. It. it Maybe to you, but to the cat, that's why the cat is afraid of the couch. It's because there's a bunch of other... Do not ruin this couch. This couch is now in my house, and I have to deal with it for the next six months, you're okay? Sitting on, so. You're sitting on animal animal urine. <sighs> so are the wizards. <laughs> animal urine is actually John Wall's favorite cocktail. It's, it's, it's the name oh, of his favorite... No, oh, come on. Stop No, it. not actual. It's the name of the cocktail. Okay. It's like the uh, shot. Okay. <laughs> this has gone a direction. Although if you look at if you look at that team USA photo and I told you stop that guy. It. No, stop. <laughs> stop it, Anthony. You're gonna, you're going to get us fired. Uh, All right. So let's uh let's finish on this. We have an enemy of the uh, unless did you agree with what I was saying about those guys? Yeah, I don't I don't think that they, you don't give up the chance to sign KD for Bradley Beal. Like I think Bradley Bradley Beal would probably look even better next to LeBron. That that's the one guy that there's an argument for it. I don't really think Porter's a good player. I don't really think that at his current contract and next to LeBron he just makes very much sense. I think he'd make sense for some teams if they could get him at a value. I just don't think the Lakers are one of them. Mm-hmm. Um and Bradley Beal same thing. I, I just think I think he'd be good. I think that that's something that you go and you re-explore once, like the summer happens, yeah. and if you whiff, mm-hmm. and if another team hasn't, and then you take the risk of another team trading for him, and I, that's a risk I'm willing to take if I'm the Lakers. Me too. All right, uh, we have we're gonna we're so gonna leads us into our locked on Lakers and or sorry, not locked on <laughs> our <laughs> old habits are the Lake Show enemy of the week, yeah, which is Cavaliers bloggers. <laughs> Yes, and and their their just determination. I know that this is this is something that was stuck in your craw a little bit more than mine. But it's like for, I'm just gonna say this: like you don't get to spend years 
taking every single praise of John Wall as a slight and like, oh man, there's no way he's better than Kyrie Irving and like, <laughs> Ky- like constantly just slandering John Wall. And then you have to come in my mentions and tell me how great of a point guard he is and how great of a fit he would be next to LeBron. Yeah. Like that's just, that's not how this works. Yeah. Yeah. I, I look, I, I get it. Like you gave, you gave me a good an, an analogy in our, in our Slack messages where you said that like had Kobe actually left back then, Wherever he wound up, I would have probably had some thoughts on that back in 2005. Fine, cool, whatever. But I just don't. I I I don't need to hear it, man. Like I, this is the most annoyed I think I've been with. Yeah, outside. you're actually annoyed. I'm mostly just playing it up. But well, like, well, no, because look, and and this is an actual point of contention. I think in the fan base. Like you and I, you and I, you, you know, you ask me, you know, which which guest which should we should we maybe look at getting or whatever, and I and I always think, like I I don't think Lakers fans are all that interested in national takes about the Lakers because there's just so many voices already talking about the Lakers that solely focus on the Lakers, and and are therefore more informed on the Lakers, and and I just don't need to hear about how the Lakers need to give up their cheap young talented assets for guys who are already overpaid and a part of maybe the most disappointing franchise over the last like five years or so, the Washington wizards have been a dumpster fire and we can't, we can't just completely disavow the players that were involved with that stuff. That Yeah. You can't, you can't laugh at like Lonzo shooting and then just say like vis-a-vis you should acquire John Wall. <laughs> yeah, the like... wizards are the Lonzo shooting stroke or like the, the wizards are Markel shooting stroke video as a franchise. It, it really is. It's just like they're like, oh, we're almost shot. in contention. Oh, LeBron. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I just and and like it's it's a noticeable thing. The Lakers lose a game and Twitter is ablaze. The Lakers win. Wait, the Lakers, the Lakers lose. Twitter is ablaze. The Lakers win. And well, it was crickets. Just the- yeah, crickets. Oh, it took fifty points to beat the. No, right, so like, actually, I did not take. I didn't realize that you had taken this so personally. I was kind of kidding. I want that to be clear. But Anthony uh, Carter Rodriguez, wherever you are, you have very much hurt Anthony's feelings and triggered him. And so I just want you to know that, and that you are on notice. You are the official The Lake Show enemy of the week because of it. <laughs> just you, you. You and that couch. <laughs> yeah. Well, the couch is also the enemy of the week, I guess. <laughs> And John Wall. Actually, I guess you know what? Extension. The couch has brought me more joy than just about anything over the last <laughs> month. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's not the enemy of the week. <laughs> I'm going to be laughing about this thing for the foreseeable future. Thanks, Mia. Uh, <laughs> That's amazing. All right, that'll do it. I had to be nice about it the whole time, too, like while her parents were here yesterday delivering it. And, like, oh, it just no. – it was very – it was it was a tough day for <laughs> – for Harrison at the uh, in the old homestead. <laughs> so actually, I do have one more. As we're doing our grab bag of a uh, final oh, segment, yeah. so I nice. I have this for you. So this is a uh, this is a locked on. La- this is a the Lake Show review, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna have to get used to that. Yep. So I'm still you know I'm working. It's it's harder to work the kinks out when you're only podcasting once a week. What's funny is that like I actually host the other show, and I haven't made this mistake yet. Yeah, well, you know you've had more reps at. <laughs> sure hosting other shows and not making you've had fewer but... reps at the other show 
Actually, that is true. I yeah. was about to say that's not true, but that is true. So, yeah, okay. So here's a review that we we said that we'd let you guys uh, that let, we'd let you all nominate enemies of the week. None of you chose to do so, and that's fine. So, but I did appreciate this one. It said five stars. Great one-stop shop for Lakers content, and this is by Construction Field user. And so I appreciate that review. That was really nice, right? Like, do you mm-hmm. do you appreciate them? I I, I well, I got to hear the rest of it before. Well, no, they said we're a great one-stop shop for Lakers yeah, content. I gotta, I wanna, you, I you endorse just... this view yet? Not yet. All right. Well, they started off with the less Anthony, the better. <laughs> <laughs> Had to unsubscribe to Locked On Lakers because of his dry personality and overuse of sarcasm throughout the show. Keep it up, Harrison. So, like, I I want to actually say this. I feel like this guy might have mixed us up because that sounds a lot more like me than it yeah. sounds like you. Yeah, you're a lot more sarcastic than I am. I'm a lot more sarcastic, and I'm a lot more dry, if I'm just being real. I'm yeah. just... Well, quite literally, because you might I... be afraid of water. I'm not afraid of water. I don't know. I just, I, I'm, you're afraid of quite a few things, dude, so... It's true. I, I, I enjoy water. Although, not, like, if we're... If we're it's not if like if the ocean. I don't want to go swimming in the ocean. If like... we're using the... If we're using the, the definition of dry as in, like, a dry city or a dry state, then you are definitely more dry than me. Why? Because I live in Fullerton? No. What? No, because in a dry city, they don't drink alcohol. Oh, that's what you mean. See, that's how dry I am as a person <laughs> in that I didn't like I didn't recognize that analogy. See? But yeah, I don't I don't drink. So yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why I don't, you know, get people commenting on my state of mind. <laughs> Sobriety. Or like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That'll do it, though. <laughs> Before we go too much further down that path, we'll uh, we'll. <laughs> We'll finish this one up this week of this week's edition of The Lake Show. See that? We're The Lake Show, Harrison. The Lake Show. Got the, it. I'm going gonna, the... gonna to get it down by – I'm going to work on it. I'm going to get it down by next week. Like the Lakers, I am still also making adjustments. So, again, if you if you all have enjoyed this show and, you know, just like the, the number one podcast on iTunes for couch stories and Lakers talk – then we would appreciate it. It helps us out if you go and you leave a five-star review. If you would like to do so with your user or your listener nominee for the Lake Show Enemy of the Week, then feel free to leave that as well. Mm-hmm. And we're happy to read the best ones on air. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you. Well, make sure you check out the rest of the shows this week on, on this channel. And then Harrison and I will talk to you a week from right now. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.